0: Hey Geeks, CT from Nerd Lunch here. You know it's May and you guys still haven't delivered on one of your New Year's resolutions. That's right, Tire Canadian and I are still waiting on our Star Trek episode. You guys are on episode 113 or something? Still no Trek episode. So, I'm taking matters into my own hands. Prepare to be boarded. In two weeks, I'm taking over your show And making this Trek episode happen. So be ready. CT out.
1: You're listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky.
2: And welcome to the Atomic Geeks Podcast. I am your host, Mike Downs. I'm in New Market in the laundry room, drinking out of Atomic Geeks Stein, cause that's the way I am. I sold my soul to the devil and I got a Atomic Geeks Stein. <laughs> I'm drinking PC genuine something or other. Let's see who else is on the Atomic Geeks Podcast for episode 113.
1: Oh, hello internet. It's your pal Christian from the town of Oakville in my basement. And in my hand, I'm holding a tall, cold can of Carling Ice. Carling Ice, five point five percent, no preservatives. Been around since 1840, and at a buck seventy-five a can, it's singing a sweet, sweet song that I'm drinking down.
3: <laughs> Always has to mention the price. Hey, hey, hey! It's Michael D. Giovanni. I am sitting in Toronto for tonight's show. And while I'm doing that, I am p u ing podcasting under the influence because I'm drinking a Hopvin Vice.
0: How much did you pay okay. for that? <laughs> <laughs> What was the price on that one? Well, hello everyone, it's Andrew Bloom, and I'm calling in from London. It's episode 113. You were saying who we should be doing this on a Friday, but even though it's not a Friday, I'm drinking a Budweiser because that's what was here. Mmm, stuff.
2: And no, nothing says Friday like Budweiser.
0: Budweiser says Friday. I think. I think when you open it, you hear a little, <laughs> Friday, <laughs>
2: Right. <Friday>, just
0: <laughs> in DJ's voice too. Friday.
1: <laughs> and apparently, according to beer royalty, it is the king of all the beers.
0: Do you so. remember those milks that used to moo? That reminds me of that. Did anyone ever get one of those? How did they do that? <laughs>
1: Wait a wait a sec. Are you second weighing into a beer conversation to that promotion by the Milk Council or whatever? Or- yeah,
0: don't you remember? You used to like if your if your milk would moo, you win. Yes,
1: if you it, that up was Dijon's voice as well. If you open up a carton of milk and it mooed, you won like more milk or something like that. Was that only
3: I, a Canadian thing?
1: Yeah, it so. might have
3: just been. Yeah, it might have actually just been an Ontario thing. You know, if your if your uh, carton of milk is mooing, you have bigger concerns, I think.
1: <laughs> I think I would start running. Ha The voices are everywhere. There's a little cow inside. That's right. <laughs> that would be a much interesting story. Raising okay. this tiny little cow in your house. That's a movie in itself. I Trademark, Atomic Geeks Entertainment.
2: <laughs> that, talk about obscure uh, Ontario... Uh, references there that might be a first
0: for us that off the top we're talking about dairy products <laughs> <laughs> tonight I'm drinking two percent uh, it's got a got a mustache it's really Quick, good
1: quickest segue between alcoholic to non-alcoholic topics <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I'm allergic to dairy um, okay so as we said I said Bloom said episode 113 on monday the 13th which means nothing <laughs> it's not the 13th though no. um <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about okay so um here we are uh, before we get into the topic let's see if anybody has any of that geek news, uh, geek news. all right who's got some
1: Hey, 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 back again. The Christian, the Christian, is that my nickname I'm giving myself? The Christian uh, has got some geek news for you geeks to uh, digest. And this is a continuing uh, news bit from our friends at Geek Tyrant. Uh, last week we talked about uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie, De Django. Well, apparently the rumor around the Hollywood friggin' uh, sewing table or knitting room or whatever the fuck you want to call it is that possibly, along with uh, Samuel Jackson and Christoph Waltz, uh, Will Smith is going to, is up or is, is interested in the title role of De Django. And I was wow, curious wow, of what twist. you, uh, curious what you uh, uh, fellows thought of that. Well, there you go. <laughs>
0: That's the late breaking news.
1: All right, Atomic talk Atomic Picks. <laughs> Um,
2: you know, I'll, I'll jump in here. I like the Quentin Tarantino. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, anyone he works with, you know, is probably going to do pretty good. Will Smith's an okay guy. You know, he's been pretty, uh, mainstream lately. It might be nice if he did something kind of a little bit edgier, maybe. Uh, you know, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, Downs,
3: I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little torn here because I think that's unexpected. You know, Will Smith is Mr. Blockbuster. He's done a, he's tried to do some smaller things, some sort of like passion projects. He, I mean, I think he obviously wants an Oscar on his mantle, but he's not a bad actor. And you are right. I'm going to agree with you fully that anyone that has worked with Tarantino has generally worked out pretty good. I mean, he has had some unexpected casting. I think a lot of people. Whatever it was, fifteen years ago would have went John
0: Travolta. What the
1: fuck? So you totally yeah. stole my possible viewpoint on that. Well, I was, title.
0: I was also holding on to that one. I mean, that's that's a that's a a good one to pick up. Even like a Harvey Keitel or or bringing back Pam Greer in in his movies. Tarantino seems to be able to get the people playing or the people acting in his films to do exactly what he wants to do and exactly what we want to see. So. Like uh, Downs was saying, Will Smith, kind of an odd choice when you first hear about it, but then when you think about it, you're like, there's no reason why he couldn't do it perfectly. The only downside would be, like you said, is he's such a blockbuster actor that you look at Will Smith and think, that's Will Smith. You don't yeah, but- think that's this character.
1: Yeah, but Tarantino's a very, very insightful Like He knows his actors, and I think basically he essentially caters to their strengths. You know what I mean? He doesn't make them go too outside of their friggin' comfort zone. Just focus on making that area good.
3: I'm going to disagree a little bit, because I think for this to work, Will Smith is going to have to go outside of his comfort zone. Like, this can't be a hell no Will Smith, you know? Like, he's going to have to... Push himself into territory that he probably hasn't done before. I think well, the the beauty of Tarantino is he is a master script writer, dialogue writer. So Will Smith delivering some of this Django Unchained stuff, I can only assume it's going to sound good. I think he, I, you have to trust he's a decent enough actor, but I agree, Andy, that we, can he lose himself in the performance and not be, oh, that's the Independence Day Will Smith?
0: Yeah, I, but I mean, the only thing is, like, I am legend. He it was a bit of a different movie for him, although big blockbuster. He still wasn't the, oh, hell no, as you put it, Will Smith. It was more of a serious role for him. I think he did a pretty decent job in that movie. And he, I think Tarantino, like I'm saying, or you guys are saying, can get what he wants out of his actors.
1: Yeah, even in iRobot, I thought he was not, you know, he wasn't super all hell no, but he was still kind of a a little bit of a badass as well in big, that movie a as well. Mini,
0: mini, oh hell no. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, I want to say about, I mean, Quitten. I mean, I think what he does is he imagines people in other roles really well. You know what I mean? Like he's really good at p- putting someone and getting a performance out of them you don't expect. And I think. If, that's what he can do to someone like Will Smith. If he does something like that and it's big, it could be a career changer for Will Smith. And I mean, it could be something that you don't you you're not expecting and it turns out to be something totally unique. That's one of the things that he's good Quentin Tarantino is good at. He's good it, at, you know, pulling off these kind of sleight of hand moves almost. Exactly. And what I've heard
3: as far as Tarantino's craftsmanship when he's making a film, he, he writes for certain actors. I don't think he necessarily wrote for Will Smith. He may have. But apparently the preparation process, uh, Tarantino is a massive geek, and he has so many movies that he draws inspiration from that he literally has his actors, his cast, go through almost a film festival of the types of films that Tarantino kind of wants them to be like. I've heard that he does this on on all of his sets. So, So I'm assuming... Will Smith is going to know what he's in for, that Tarantino's going to immerse him in these crazy spaghetti westerns and probably films no one's ever heard about and get Will Smith into the proper headspace.
1: Well, as long as uh, you know Will Smith doesn't channel his efforts from the wild, wild west, uh, we should be in, in good shape. Or, I
2: mean, <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, I, I was hoping for that, actually. and <laughs> he could bring
0: DJ Jazzy Jeff along with him. <laughs>
2: Okay, all right. So um, moving into tonight's topic, it's uh, one of uh, your favorite and definitely mine. It's time for our gunpoint reviews. That's right, sound effects time. Woo, I like gun cocking noises. So this is... said cock. I said cocking. So cock... So this is gunpoint reviews. We're basically... Read this or die. Uh, uh, especially in this case, we're talking about reading. What we did this time is a little bit different. Um, we, everyone on the uh, podcast, suggested a comic book that is available on the Comicsology app um, that is on your iPhone or iPad, and I wanted to actually talk about that for a second. Um, because that was actually an important thing about how we did this uh, t- tonight. So uh, one of the things that I, I didn't know if everyone and if everyone knew this, because we actually had to buy some uh, some of the comic books. But how you pay for this? Like I was like, you don't have to use a credit card. It's not PayPal or anything like that. It's using your iTunes. Money, which I think is a real uh, benefit to this app, and I just wanted to share that with our listeners. Um, uh, I mean, was that not surprising to anyone else? Uh, Andrew, I know you just started using the uh, app. Did you find that? Was that the case? Well, or? It,
0: it, it's funny you bring this up because this was going to be part of my whole reason why I ended up picking the comic book that I did and everything like that. I have never, I had to download Comicsology. I've never been on it. Never even, you know, I don't have an iPad like the rest of you. I've got my iPhone, so I thought, all right. I'm going to say two things about this. Number one, really, really cool how it's just your iTunes, uh, password. And you can just, you download like you would an app and everything like that. Also very dangerous because it doesn't seem like money anymore. Um, and I think it's great and it works fantastic on the iPhone. And I'm assuming on the iPad on your laptop, it's not so straightforward. I, uh, it, you know, it would come up and ask for your credit card. It would do all that, all these things. And I'm like, why, why isn't it just my iTunes thing? And I can't access it straight through iTunes on my computer. It wasn't as user friendly. The app is so easy that I was confused when I got to the laptop and sat there and went, wait a minute. This isn't, where's the, where's the button I click? The hmm. end.
2: I mean that's that's interesting feedback. I didn't didn't use the uh, the web app, but I definitely you know the app. uh, One of the how I use it, I I use prepaid uh, iTunes uh, cards. So for me. This is great, you know. I buy a fifteen twenty dollar card, put it on there, and then I was like, "Oh, am I gonna have to go through PayPal or something to buy these comic books for the ones that we had to purchase?" And uh, I just thought it was really cool, and that wasn't something, even though I've been using the app for a while, I hadn't really bought anything. So that was something I definitely wanted the listeners to to point out. I mean, was there anything Christian or DJ, I guess, to, to mention about how the fact that we used
1: Comixology for this gunpoint review that you guys wanted to mention off the top? Well, I've been using Comixology even before I got the i uh, the iPad. You know, reading comics through my phone, like the free ones, of course, and once I got the iPad, it was like, geez, this is not good, because basically, you know, it's 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 very, very easy to just go, ah, okay, I'll get it, and then, ah, I'll get another one, and i get another one, like Andrew says, it's like, hey, it doesn't cost nothing until you get the bill, um... It's it's very well done. The only wish I, I only wish the thing I wish they could do is all they do organize your purchases for you. I wish they could b- between the purchases that they organize, for example, a certain series. I wish there was more of a cohesive transition from reading one issue to the next issue. If you know what I mean. Well, they
0: need to. Yeah, you need to stop. Go back to the homepage. Yeah. Go in.
1: Yeah. And that that is a bit of a pain in the ass.
0: But if you've already read it, I imagine it might be a little bit easier. And
1: yeah, well, I've read. I, I bought twenty the, like all the issues of Irredeemable, like I've mentioned in the forum. And basically, okay, I finished issue one, and then I have to kind of go out and then find issue two, and then you know, I wish you could like yeah. have a button to move on to the where you want to read the next issue, you know, or, or something like that. But
0: think about that. How dangerous would that be? If all you had to do, because usually when you're if you're buying apps and you've already bought one, you can just buy the next one just by clicking on it, and you don't have to put in your password and all that stuff. This could just be dangerous. You could sit there and read like 15 comic books in a row and all of a sudden get your, yeah. your, uh, you know, $45 bill. Like, I'm yeah, dreaming. I'm
1: no, dream-
2: no, sorry, sorry, Christian. but even here, what you're talking about, I mean, I have four issues of a comic book I've already downloaded. When I read one, I want to read the next. I don't have to go back out to the menu. What, you know what I mean? Whether I have mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? Buy yeah, it again or I, not. I think that it's definitely probably
3: version one of Comicsology. I think an, uh, organizing your own personal library they could do some work with i think that's probably what you're talking about here you'd like your irredeemables you you bought you bought five ten fifteen twenty of those you'd like them all to be in the same place and have the option to be able to click right to the next
1: click right to the next
3: click right to the next one or at least that they're all archived in one area at this point it just sort of You buy stuff from Comixology and it throws it into one shopping cart page. But that said, I've been using it for a while. We've talked about it a little bit on this show and on our forums that, uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty robust offering now. I mean, I wish some of the uh, publishers would get to the more day and date. And by that, I mean, when it's in store, it's also on Comixology. We're not there yet. But you can get lost and get a lot of fucking comics here from pretty much every major publisher. And to echo what everyone's been saying, it's a slippery slope. You could buy, you know, 75 issues of fucking detective comics if you really want with a simple click of a button. Yeah.
0: I, I, uh, I thought like I did read a few areas on it and like me being new to it, it did say that there were some that were available like when they were released and there's very few. Yeah. and you could also here. Okay, this is here's my my comicsology virginism that I that I you know broke or whatever. I'm no longer a comicsology virgin, but I have questions. Like, does that go in there? No. Um, th- there's a couple of <laughs> a couple of things. One's like, okay, you've got the option. It says bag it or burn it underneath. Do you guys have those options?
2: No. No. See, this
0: is on the website. You've got bag it, burn it, and it has pull. And then it it lists the number of pulls that that comic has. I have no idea what that shit is. Somebody can, if you know, if you're listening and you know what it is, maybe tell us because I, I'm sitting there. Okay, what? I can bag it or burn it or and I pull it and then I can order. I know I can order the print version from there.
2: Yeah, buy and print's for the only button we have. But anyways, yeah. I, mean, I, anyways I don't want to get into the whole fucking differences of the different uh, apps. Sorry, Andrew. But um, I just want to get too mired down in the details of the Comixology app. Because for those listeners who actually don't have an iPad or an iPhone, it sounds like, or maybe if they're not using the website, basically we're just reading four comic books, right? I mean, for our gunpoint reviews. Yes. Yes. So. Comics. God, we like comic <laughs> books. We just happen to be um, some of these uh you can get for free. Well so the other point I guess that we should mention about Comicsology uh just before we do move on, was the pricing structure was pretty great. You know, uh the one of the the ultimate Thor one that I I uh uh, got us to read was uh, on sale for 99 cents I definitely like that idea of getting some of these uh, 100 bullets oh, that we're right. going to talk about was 99 cents it was definitely cool to get some of these things for a buck I mean I thought that was pretty great yeah that,
1: that was a great that was a great choice your comic with Downs because it was like 99 cents I saw it's a limited series and there's four issues all 99 cents I'm like well fuck I'm got to buy them all hey, for crying hold out. on
0: it, it was 350 when I was looking at it
1: yeah well you got there too late yeah, well, that's, that the, that's
0: the thing like they're that's the thing I don't like about it. there was one that said and I can't remember whose it was, it was two dollars and eighty cent I don't know what it was. And when I clicked on it, it switched to ninety nine cents. I was like, Oh, sweet. And then with the Thor one, it was three fifty and then it was three fifty or three ninety nine I had to pay
2: for it. I'm like, this is that sucks. Anyways, okay. Uh it, it it's pretty cool. It's definitely something that I think if you are looking at to use it I guess to sum up is it's a great app on the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, uh we definitely like it, you know, the majority of us here uh, with especially the guys with the iPad. Uh it's definitely something you want to keep track of if you're going to spend money, I would say to watch out for what's on sale. I guess they have I noticed today is Marvel Mondays where they yeah. have a bunch of Marvel comics on for 99 cents, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Marvel Mondays and I think DC has it has puts up stuff for sale right around the, when the new comics are supposed to be released, I think. Yeah. And well, one thing
3: that we should note is, uh, we, we chose to do this off Comixology. It's just a different distribution method, but all of the comics that we're going to be gunpoint reviewing tonight are also available at comic shops and in, mo- in most cases are collected in trades
2: as well. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 as so I tried to get earlier. these are just regular old comic books at the end of the day. We just happen to yeah. use the uh comicsology uh distribution method as Mike uh, Digiovanni pointed out in the year twenty eleven as we move towards the future, okay, so enough uh blah 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 and move into our topic, so who should we start with um Let's go to uh Christian I think starting with numbers instead of uh, alphabetically uh numbers would come first. So Christian uh tell us about 100 Bullets number 1 and why it was your pick for uh a gunpoint review. Uh
1: 100 Bullets is essentially it's a, it's a uh, how do you say, it? it's basically almost like a, a crime noir uh, story that is written by uh, Brian Azzarello and illustrated by Eduardo Rizzo. Uh, it's a, I picked this series because basically, first of all, it's a finite series. It, it's finished now. It has, it has a beginning, it has a final issue, and that's it. A hundred issues of this uh, super-duper crime story, and it starts off... Uh, really slow, where basically uh, you know, the character is approached by this, uh, this mysterious agent who basically says, uh, the, this crime that you were familiar with didn't happen this way, it actually happened this way. Here's a suitcase, uh, has all the evidence to which I'm talking about, and a gun with 100 bullets, un- 100 untraceable bullets, you can do whatever the heck you want, you won't go to jail and there's a, basically the series starts off with these small little tales of different people getting these attaches with the 100 bullets into it, and that eventually grows into this even larger, gigantic uh, scale, weaving in characters from earlier stories into this giant kind of crime noir mess, but it's freaking awesome.
2: Okay, so 100 bullets number one. Uh, let's go over to Andrew Bloom. Tell us what you thought about... Uh, 100 Bullets Number One. Well, I I had seen
0: these comics before. I believe I might have read uh, issue number one in the past, but it had been a long time. And when I started reading it, I was like, first of all, the art's really good in this. And the story grabs you right, right from the beginning. It's the story of this 23 year old girl, can't remember her name, getting out of jail. And her husband and baby had been killed. And just like Christian saying, this guy. Comes up, gives her the attaché case with a hundred bullets, and says, "You can do what you want with it." And it, it gets you thinking right away: like, what would you do in that situation if somebody said, "This person's done you an incredible wrong, and you can go do what you want without getting in any trouble?" Obviously, you part of you'd want to really test that theory, and then part of you, you'd have, it, it would be a real test of your um, uh, character. Uh, anyways, the The story's well written. I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, and I definitely, after reading that one, I'm like, okay, I want number two. And I had to stop myself because I was like, okay, no, focus. We gotta get these four comics read for the uh, podcast on Monday. And, uh, I was kind of being a super nerd with it. (laughs) You know,
3: I've, uh, I'll I'll jump in here now too. I'm very aware of about a hundred bullets from a vertigo. This is one of their, was one of their big series. Uh Let me tell you, one of the first things as I was reading it, it was very obvious to me that I'm like, hmm, I wonder if these two gentlemen like Frank Miller at all. Fuck, the artwork is largely kind of inspired uh yeah. from Frank Miller stuff. The storytelling is, Azzarello, I'll give him credit, the writer, he's got a hell of an ear for dialogue. Half yes. the time, I fucking hardly could understand what these people were talking about. There was <laughs> so much slang. Um you know, the, the, but it sounded realistic. It didn't sound just like, hi, Holmes, what's going on? Like he, it sounded pretty goddamn realistic. But I, in a way, it almost took me out of it because I was reading it and I'm going, holy shit, there's a lot of slang in this. We've, Christian and Andrew both touched on the premise, the hook of the series, the, uh, you know, basically the untraceable bullets. Really clever hook to it. I mean, when, when you read that, I mean, it's pretty inspired. Um, that said, I was not, uh, like at the end going, I got to read issue two. This is not my total, my, my huge cup of tea in terms of comics. I know it's good and I've been told it's excellent. And I know there's long running stories to it. I thought it was okay. I don't know. I, I, to me, it seemed like a genre I'm not super interested in, but everyone
2: tells me I should be. Okay, okay, so let me jump in here. Um, cause I've, I've, definitely got some thoughts that, uh, are somewhat, somewhat along, along lines of where you're ultimately going with, Mike. Um, you know, I definitely, I thought the same thing, Frank Miller. Um, I like the story, uh, a little bit different than you. Uh, I, you know, I could see myself reading it long term. You know, the whole idea of the 100 bullets and untraceable and, and, uh, you know, the writing, the, as you mentioned, the, the slang and all that is right on, right? Like it's a well-written comic book. What I found, uh, on the, on this was that it seemed like the single issue was not enough to get me hooked, I guess, is what I I think. Um, it felt too early when it was over, you know what I mean? Um, I just didn't feel of all, of, uh, not of all the four uh, the most, but of, of in terms of one of the ones of the four that I didn't, wouldn't think about picking up again immediately, was absolutely I must read again. I, I just felt like it just didn't end like that to me. You know, it's, it's a, it set up the story okay, but you know, uh, I just didn't Really kick my ass. That's what yeah. I, w- I, I would agree with. It's I think it would be maybe different because I,
3: I've heard Christian talk about this before. I've read online how great it is. Maybe if we were doing gunpoint reviews, trade paperbacks. If I got to read the first six or eight collection of story, to your point, I completely I agree. agree that it did a nice setup. But in the end of the day, I, I was sort of like when we got to page 22 or whatever, I was – kind of like oh okay a little slice of life saw this girl i i i, I didn't feel there, I wasn't, there,
0: comp- there I wasn't sorry there wasn't enough delivered in it i i see your point too like you there wasn't enough delivered in it to go okay this is where the story is going this is exactly how it is what you got to see was a bit of characters and then uh, a bit of a hook but not a, not quite enough i did bite but
3: yeah i, I, I just point. it didn't compel me to go oh shit i better click and get Three more issues of that. Like, I, I did not feel that with this series. And like I say again, crime fiction, not high on my list of favorite things to read. So that might also be a strike against it, but I thought it was, I, I, I thought the execution of it and premise was good, but didn't love it.
1: Well, whatever. Uh, but no, I, I, knew, but I knew that going in, I knew yeah. that, uh, like, the, especially DJ, I knew that the kind of like, I'm not, it's not a true crime story, but these crime stories are not exactly up his alley. But as far as like, you know, uh, sorry, as far as the good ones, this is one of the great ones. So I thought if, and, and just because it was, it's slowly being shown on Comicsology for someone who likes kind of like crime stories, It's there now. I mean, you can get the first issue for 99 cents. and Like all of us tried it. You may like it. You may not. I guarantee you, uh, you know, maybe after reading that this particular story arc is three issues. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, you you, you suddenly realize, okay, this is getting a lot bigger than just the the briefcase, which is the most interesting part when I read it. Because at first I was reading it. Oh wow, this be different stories, get in the briefcase, that's kind of interesting to me, because I like those little short little stories, but then all of a sudden it exploded into this much bigger universe, and I was like, whoa, I was like, now it's even more interesting than I could have imagined.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that's a great point, Len, as, as like Mike said, um, if this was a trade paperback gunpoint um, review, this might have been a better, my, my you know, just, uh, you know, Executed better, uh, because like if you think of like Transmetropolitan, even for instance, a single issue of that might not have hooked you either. You know what I mean? It takes again, and even to the TV example of a, a you know it takes about three episodes to get hooked on something. You know, th- this one definitely wasn't the kick-ass uh, first issue that that I was hoping. Especially I think because as we had said, there was definitely some. Um, Cloud around this series, I think. This is one of those things that people yeah. have heard is pretty good. So I think, um, you know, uh, if, uh, and you put up a great point, Christian. This was 99 cents. If, I think if they packaged all the first three episodes for 99 cents, we could get each for 99 cents. That might, I, I might buy that.
1: You know what I mean? Well, that's uh, why, that's why I bought four. It was like all four issues were 99 cents. Yeah. I'm like going, well, fuck, why not? You know? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I'm just saying in terms of what, you know, how, how it came out, you know, uh, that would entice me to buy the next two. I would think if that was some, you know, I yeah. think, and, and definitely that's something comicsology could think of. You know what I mean? It was like, Hey, you've read number one for 99 cents. Are you interested in the, in the next two for at a of price or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah. That, there's a lot could think about as far as pricing on that app, which is another, you know, criticism i have of the Comicsology app but anyway
2: okay so uh, any other closing thoughts i guess uh so around the table uh in our usual gunpoint review fashion um would you uh stick with this andrew bloom
0: i i would it could be a bit because i'm new to Comicsology, but i would probably pick up a few more epi- uh issues just check it out
2: okay michael DiGiovanni. uh probably not Okay. Obviously, Christian, you uh probably would, I assume. It's your pick. Um like I said, if there was some discounted price, if it was on sale, I think I I might be enticed to pick this up. Uh I wouldn't go look for it, that's for sure, but if there was some sort of uh recommendation engine, uh you might just get my ducats, as it were. Uh okay. Since we were just talking about Ultimate Thor, maybe maybe we'll just move on to that. Since there are some similarities in terms of the pricing structure and and how it worked out, at least uh, as Christian mentioned, um, my pick was Ultimate Thor number one. This is written by Jonathan Hickman. Sorry, hold on a second. <clears throat> Start all over again. My pick was Ultimate Thor number one. This is, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, this is the guy, uh, honestly, when we, it's funny enough because, uh, since I was the host, I wanted to do a gunpoint review show and we decided to do this comicsology, uh, one. I didn't have a comic to recommend. So I kind of looked on and went on and I saw the fact that the sale was coming up and it was on for a day or two. And I thought, you know, Thor is coming out. It'd be a great time to do it. And Michael DiGiovanni has really, you know, blown up this guy Jonathan Hickman a lot so I thought let's check that out and on that recommendation alone is how uh that got to be a gunpoint review so let's go to you Christian Nielsen what did you since you've already kind of talked about it uh, what did you think about it
1: uh, I I liked it. I mean, it's, it's, there's a, basically, the, looks like there's some kind of uh, running, there's like, basically, what am I trying to say here? Uh, Thor fights Frost Giants, but behind the scenes, it looks like Baron Zemo is kind of like, uh, basically, w- along with Hitler, basically getting his ship together to team up with Loki to fight Thor, from what I understand, and that premise alone seems pretty freaking decent.
2: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, one of the things uh you know, one of the things that I liked, but I actually like this as well, and I ended up picking up all four issues, is I thought, as a person who, as I've mentioned before, I'm not the biggest Marvel guy in the whole world. I know a little bit about Thor. I don't know every fucking thing about Thor. This setup explained who Loki was, explained who the Frost Giants are in the universe, I thought, pretty goddamn well. And for the first issue, I at least found myself going, I want to read more. Uh, Mike DiGiovanni, what did you think of The Ultimate Thor? Well, I I've, I've have bought
3: all of these Ultimate Thors previously the old-fashioned way, with paper, staples, and blood and sweat and tears. <laughs> uh, so that, that says, obviously, that I liked th- this comic book. You know, this Ultimate comics and air quotes there what that really is for marvel is their uh, their attempt to kind of simplify their comics distill the characters down to their essence they did this uh, a really good kind of at the beginning with spider-man and x-men and then it got a little muddled but this ultimate thor is kind of uh, a return to form for them i thought this was very very good the artwork by carlos carlos pacheco is dynamite it's really good thor stuff uh, great uh, action scenes sort of that widescreen uh, comic book feel. But I think Christian, when you were trying to explain this and maybe you did it poorly, but there is like three narratives kind of happening at once where you see kind of different timelines where you see back on Asgard, you see on earth and then you see back in the past uh, or the during, which was basically uh, what was his name? Baron Zemo that as Christian mentioned, plotting, to uh to work with the uh, frost giants, but uh, to me this is good, really, really good stuff. And if you're not a Thor fan, you might
2: be after you read it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think very well said, Mike. That's definitely uh, at least the last bit, the part where you you know, try to do a better job. And Christian wasn't even that much better. But anyways, <laughs> but,
1: um, you know, uh, I didn't get yeah, the part- he was
3: saying basically three fucking narratives is what he wanted to say.
1: Right. So there are three narratives in this thing. Uh, one of them's with Hitler and one's with a guy with a sword. And they're going to do some fighting, I guess. It,
2: it's, it's definitely I think the takeaway, you know, is is uh, that, uh, you know, if you're like, like if you're not a uh, total Thor head, then this is pretty easy to pick up. Andrew, what did you think? I'm a
0: total Thorhead, and there's three <laughs> narratives. No, the,
2: I thought this was, I thought
0: this was very good. And the fact that it's four issues, like I saw that even be going into it. I thought I'm probably going to read all, all of these. I've read a couple of the other ultimate, um, comic series and they're pretty decent. They're obviously quite good. Uh, this one, this one I really enjoyed and, and, and like Deidre was saying, the artwork is excellent and this is really takes advantage of that, um, What's it called? Where the, the it's it scapes for you at the on the iPad or whatever, where it moves through the the panels. like this sort
2: of like yeah God, the- guided like tour technology. That I call yes, it. I don't that shit
0: really works on this comic. There was a couple of glitches with some of them, but it flows through so well, <clears throat> and it really accentuates the art on this one. Uh, it's it's good, and the fact is, uh, I'm going to throw out there right now that I did see Thor on the weekend. Didn't hurt. Uh, I was in Thor kind of mood. I was feeling like an Asgardian, and uh, the, the, this was right up the alley. And I was I was really pumped to read it. And I was happy.
1: So you're feeling a little bit Asgardian right up the alley, eh? That's a little. A a little was,
0: at least it wasn't a big Asgardian because I wouldn't be walking straight today.
1: There's a cream for that.
0: <laughs> Christian
1: knows. But now, uh, from what little I know, or what more than little I know of the Ultimate Universe, does this essentially kind of takes place? Uh, before his uh, uh, joining up with the Ultimates, but then it's kind of like a story that shows who he really is, which you learn about when you read the Ultimates. That makes yes. total no sense. Yes. It?
3: Christian and I are having a hard time articulating this comic, <laughs> but I, I, th- I, I, I think that was kind of right. It takes place loosely around the time of the beginning of that Ultimate series, which is, in essence, the Avengers for this Ultimate Universe but yeah, this gives you the, uh, a basic, basically the origin that this guy that's sitting at the beginning, they find a guy who seems like he's crazy, talking about that he is, uh, Thor and he's from Asgard and people on earth are going like, who the fuck is this, uh, nut? And, but now you find out he's telling the truth because you see flashbacks to Asgard and all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, Downs, when you, you mentioned that what drew you to this was my, uh throws to Jonathan Hickman uh would would, would this entice you to want to check out anything else from him because I will say this is probably the weakest of all the stuff that he's written this and this is good but this doesn't really probably capture the strength of him as a writer I think if you want to see uh really good Jonathan Hickman you should check out Shield or Fantastic 4 not to knock this comic but would you want to maybe uh seek out other stuff from him now
2: yeah, I mean, uh, it didn't it didn't blow me away. That's as a writer, but I definitely, as I've said, I thought it was well done, and uh, I would definitely, you know, pick up something like something like Fantastic Four again. I don't have a huge, uh, you know, history with so something. You know, if I as a writer like this, I might be interested in picking that up. But it definitely is a guy, you know, who was writing shit I like. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, but Carlos Pacheco's art is freaking dynamite, though. He's dead, oh, it,
2: yeah,
3: it's awesome. I mean. It's probably some of the best that he's ever done. I mean, he—it's w- just really cinematic. The action sequences. There's a yeah. there's a there's a moment when the Warriors Three are fighting some Frost Giants, and it's just excellent
1: stuff. You know, I want to pause for a second and just talk about Frost Giants for crying out loud. Do you think at some point that maybe these Asgardians would get some kind of better friggin' you know artillery <laughs> against a, a giant? warriors made out of snow for crying out
0: loud you mean like j- big giant heaters flamethrowers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i know or like
1: some kind of like yeah lava guns or something or a moat filled with lava i don't know this frost giant
2: i mean you know again i mean so so you know expanding expanding a little bit you know i read all four of these and you know and i guess mike did as well and now christian
1: probably says as well um actually so, i didn't i read the first, second issue i haven't read the last two issues
2: oh Oh, okay. Well, I guess, spoiler alert, close your <laughs> ears. <letters. laughs> you know, the, well, the whole idea of the fact that the Frost Giants have been fighting for 300 years and give up, you know, and the, that whole story I thought was very cool. And that, that's background, I think, probably basic Thor story and, and about Loki and all the stuff that I didn't know going in. But I felt now that I have a pretty good understanding of the whole Thor universe now in reading four issues of the comic book. And I thought that's a, that's a pretty good sign. To, like, to, to go back to maybe Jonathan Hickman and the way this comic book is written.
3: Yeah, and that's what it is. It's really supposed to be an introduction to the Thor character and kind of stripping down all that other unnecessary stuff. It's distilling it down to the key players, Odin, Thor, Loki, and then they use the uh, the Frost Giants as sort of their main Asgardian bads. I think it was inspired to have, uh, to, to kind of, uh, get the humans aligned with the frost giant to begin an invasion mm-hmm. uh, into Azar. That was a really cool, especially the, that's basically uh, the ending of the first issue. When you discover what Baron Zemo and the Nazis plan is that, that was awesome. I mean, that felt like movie quality sort of storytelling.
1: Like, maybe just get, like, a hundred hot plates turned on in front of the castle. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Microwaves. Christian, why not just, here's an idea, forget hot plates, why not torches? You're fucking gods, you don't have a piece of wood, and you can't make flame, for fuck's sakes? That's right. (laughs) Here you are with hot plates, let's let's back it back a few generations, I don't know. (laughs)
1: A get, stick. Why don't just <laughs> grab friggin' Johnny Storm out of Valhalla, for Christ's sakes, and get him down there to friggin' take care of business.
2: For Asgard, because they're fighters. That's why, the Asgardians. Yeah. They to test their metal for sport. Okay, so let's go around the room. I guess we've probably mostly done this, but, uh, Andrew, would you uh, pick up a second issue of this? Yep, yeah, I definitely would. Michael, I assume you already have, but... So I, I would, would and have. have. Right, okay. Christian Nielsen.
1: Yeah, I bought all four issues, and first of all, I'm not going to lie, I bought all four issues mainly because of the price, because 99 cents is a terrific price to sell digital comics. All digital comics should be 99 cents, but... It is a uh, great story, great art, and uh, I, I, I had to buy. You know, it's got Nazis and friggin' Frost Giants and Nazi costumes. Why wouldn't I buy friggin' issue two, three, and four? You know, I did. And that's that
3: really name. is the key selling point that we forgot to add. There are Frost <laughs> Giants wearing Nazi outfits. Like, if that doesn't get you interested in a comic, <laughs> kids, you might want to fucking check your pulse.
1: I, yeah. I just want to see them down at the friggin' Nazi friggin' uniform friggin' factory. There, all these old <laughs> German ladies are. Okay, this is he's about. His his waist is about twenty feet, and that is a, a
3: forty-four large. Uh,
1: <laughs> he needs giant, uh, giant little friggin' bags, and the boots. Uh, the boots. Here, are try these his,
0: ones on. You're a the a size eight hundred. Are <laughs> they just taking that? Okay, you'll be stationed in Africa. Oh no. <laughs>
2: Okay, so let's move on to, I guess, let's maybe go, we'll go to the lowest valley before we hit the highest peak. So let's go to Andrew Bloom's (laughs) Cowboy Ninja Viking number one from Image Comics. What the fuck was this thing?
0: Hey, hey, I got an idea. Let's start with, uh, you know, introduce it with, uh, bad, you know, hopes and, and get everyone pre, uh, positioned for not liking this comic book. I, I,
2: I'll tell tell you. This is probably right up Christian's alley is what he's about to do.
1: This title alone basically said, I'm damn, damn interested in reading about this freaking story. And
0: I, exactly. So this is, let me tell you the story. And DJ and has uh, a little bit of blame or uh, help in this one, depending on how you want to look at surprise, it. Surprise, surprise. I was <laughs> new, as I said before, to comicsology, and I hadn't been on. And I'm struggling. It's Friday afternoon. I'm what, at work. They're, what are know, these colorful am,
1: pictures? <laughs> What's that? What are these colorful pictures dancing in front of my eyes? Yes, like, shut
0: up. <laughs>
1: so, so
0: I'm thinking. I don't know what they have on on comicsology. I'm trying to think of these old ones. Of course, Deidre's like, "Why don't you go with Old Faithful?" I'm like, "I'm not doing Teen Titans again." That's all everyone ever knows that I I I uh, have read. So I want something new and something different that no one else had ha- on the podcast had had uh, read before and when DJ was on the phone with me and I'm screaming because I'm at work and I build tanks just in case no one knew that hello um, and there's it's a lot of noise in the plant so I'm yelling at DJ he's like dude relax we'll figure this out he's like how about cowboy ninja viking and everything went quiet behind me <laughs> I was like what's the title yes I will read that that sounds like a fantastic idea so um, from image comic it's Cowboy Ninja Viking by A.J. Lieberman and the uh, art by Riley Rossmo. Um, definitely at the other side of the spectrum than the other ones that you guys have looked at. I just thought it was something different and definitely something that people haven't picked up before. And the title intrigued me. Um, Cowboy Ninja Viking is basically this experiment gone wrong. Uh, with guys with s- split personalities or schizophrenia, um, they have triple personalities, and there happens to be this one guy who's designed as a perfect assassin whose three personalities are, as you guessed it, cowboy, ninja, and a viking. Um, that's, that's why I picked it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I definitely, in the beginning, I found it hard to read, but, um, let's see, I guess, did you had some hand in this. So what were your thoughts on this, Mike? Is, are you a fan of this already? Is that where this came from?
3: No, I, you know, a- Andrew <laughs> came to me and asked, because, uh, you know, I think, Andrew, one, one of the things that has been noted on this show is you were a comic fan years ago, but haven't been buying them as much as maybe the other fellas have, cool. and yeah. you're just kind of getting back into it. So when he came to me, I was like, give something a shot. I'd heard some indie buzz about Cowboy Ninja Viking, and i knowing Andrew loves ninjas and is pretty much looks like a Viking. and oh. and, all, and on Friday nights always wears chaps, buttless chaps. I thought that comic sounds perfect. No, but to me, I, I'd never read it before. I'd heard some stuff about it. Uh And – One thing is title was this was not what I was expecting with a title called Cowboy Ninja Viking. I I guess I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. That said, I uh, off the top was going, what the fuck is going on? Like I had a hard time understanding where we were in time, who each character was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and who even the main uh, protagonist was. Uh, and where he kind of fit into this. But once it got to the end of the first issue, I thought this was kind of a clever little idea. As Andrew said off the top, the idea of like a trained government assassin, as they call them triplets, these people who have split personalities and they're trained and hone the skills of each of their three separate personalities. I'm like, that's kind of a fucking awesome idea. And the ending where he meets or basically is gotta go find a guy who also is of this a uh, triplet? I think this was a pleasant surprise, though it is a bit jarring to read.
0: I I totally agree, and I I don't want to jump over anybody else here, but the beginning of the comic book was a little bit, what the hell is going on? Uh, but seriously, it wraps up nicely by the end, and it, and it's not something that I that I thought, oh my god, this is fantastic, but it definitely makes you think. This is, this is different. This has, uh, someone's put some thought into this one and taken a different sort of slant on the usual. And it makes me, it definitely intrigued, uh, or interested maybe in looking at other ones. I'm not, it
2: wasn't like, oh my God, this is fantastic, but good. Totally agree, you know, and, and not to belabor the whole price point. Um, in the beginning, I was like, I spent so this was our most expensive comic, right? This was a dollar ninety nine. I guess for those of us who didn't, those of us who got the Thor sale, um, I was like, I want my two dollars back. You know what I mean? In the beginning, I was like, what? In, to your point, Mike, what in the fuck is going on in this comic book? I think that's a bit of a detriment because if you don't stick to to the end, you won't get that payoff. It does pay off in the end, and and probably in great. First issue fashion, as a matter of fact. You know and I mean, it ties up nicely and does want you to find out more about the story and, and figure out where it's going. But it's a little bit of a rough journey, I think, to, again, to your point, Mike, t- to get there, that's for sure. Christian, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that essentially, you said it there. I mean, uh, the in, the, from the beginning, once you get past the kind of the intro little story there, whatever the heck that was, which makes more sense in the end, I guess. Uh, the, the the back and forth storylines along with the art that it just didn't it, it got confusing, you know what I mean like there's a certain one certain character that I didn't understand who the hell he was and what his point was, but that doesn't matter anymore but the I, I like the idea the concept of basically hey, the government's looking for someone. Uh, another, another resource to battle terrorists. Let's get these friggin' super schizophrenics or whatever you want to call it to do that. That is cool i like how our main character uh you know which personality is talking based on the hat that he wears on his head and oh. when he has also uh, the speech bubble yeah it's funny yeah.
2: because that, that that's what i had to figure out the speech bubble thing in the beginning i'm like okay speech bubbles i didn't even and then afterwards i was like oh and the pictures changed too but it was speech bubbles for me which i, I again it took a little second i think for that to sink in yeah
0: and if they didn't do that you would have been fucked
2: yeah, well, that's
3: yeah. To what to basically to articulate what we're trying to say here is that this guy's got voices in his head. So you see a cowboy, uh, a ninja, and a Viking each each give their perspective to uh, the lead character, saying what he should do in a predicament. So at the beginning, you wonder what the fuck is happening here, but then you realize, oh, these are kind of his, you know, the voices in his head battling a little bit.
1: Yeah, and when he speaks without any hat on, it's essentially, I guess, his core personality. Yeah. So I like that that was kind of neat, but there's a one character, I don't know, he's a doctor or something, and that he apparently apparently has no problem betting the ladies, so to speak. I, I did not know what the hell his deal was at all. Yeah,
2: I mean, it definitely, it has that. I mean, it, so it's a black and white comic, which, you no know, offense, but I always have trouble reading black and white comics, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's hard to get into, and... uh it definitely has an independent feel, where you sometimes you don't know where things are going.
3: Well, it's you know what, Downs. The thing is, is the the the, uh, the guy uh, chose to do it very non-linear in terms of his storytelling, which I guess could be a little flashy, uh, or maybe overall will pay off as it goes gets into subsequent issues. Right. But it is a little confusing. I I, I because it didn't say, you know, th- yesterday six hours from now like i was kind of going w- w- from page to page you almost didn't really know who were who we were following now
2: yeah yeah and, and then when you have a character with multiple personalities it just made it it made for a confusing ride as, as we've said that's for sure to get going so um i guess uh andrew did you uh this was your pick but it was like kind of like mine so did you pick up uh, have you or would you pick up any more of this one then
0: this, this falls under that category of if they were on sale, I might pick a couple more up because I, I'm interested to see where it would go. Uh, but uh, it's a uh, full price. No. Okay. Uh, Michael DiGiovanni? I, I would pick up another issue with this. I, it,
3: like I said, we've all said that the premise is really neat of this. It feels ripe for a movie. I could see a movie being well, done. Dijo, about- it's funny.
0: it's funny you say that. Cowboy Ninja Viking is in development right now to be released in 2013. Oh, well, there you go.
3: So now I am going to buy all these comics because they're going to be worth almost $4 a copy.
2: <laughs>
1: Christian Nielsen. Um, based on the final page... I might buy the next issue if it was on sale for $0.99, cents, which all good digital comics should be priced at.
3: Christian, would you you, you <laughs> buy anything if it was cheap, I think?
1: Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, if you're competing is this a with, dog, poo In the world where you want to basically reinvigorate an industry or keep an industry alive, and your competition digitally is video games and music, I'm sorry, $0.99 cents is, is a tasty bit of business to freaking keep some people or some kids, hopefully going on this whole comic book thing well,
0: yeah. hey, and
2: keep them off the streets i think mean, three
0: three fifty is a tough nut to swallow as well when it's digital like you have it on i've got it on my iphone and that's it you know i can i can access it other places yeah, yeah. but well, well, when all, i'm paying for print it makes sense and that could be just because i'm fucking old or whatever well no, 99 but... cents makes sense to me for digital
2: well, and because you, you're not going to have that phone forever. In two years, that phone will be gone, and you'll probably lose yeah. that comic. So, I mean, we've we've kind of, I think, we've beaten the pricing horse. Oh well,
1: no, you won't lose the Price comic. Horse. You just have another device. It's not, because the comforting thing about comiXology, to me is that the least is that it has it has that relationship with iTunes. You know what I mean? Which I, you know, crossing fingers, hope never ever fucking disappears. Because if it does, well, I'm just fucked. You know what but I mean? But if we
3: take out, but if we take out the comiXology distribution method and just think of these as stories. You no, know, regardless of how the fuck you get them, would that change any of these decisions? Like, would Absolutely. you buy it in a, would, if you were in a fucking, uh, would you buy a trade paperback in a bookstore? If
0: you saw a comic, uh, you know, cowboy ninja Viking volume one, I, I think this would sell. This is one of those ones that would sell better as a trade paperback. Cause if you pick that up, the first couple pages of a trade paperback are confusing. So what? You've got another couple, you know, seventy, eighty. Pages I don't know. If I, the, if I saw
1: that if I saw that in a store and I was flipping through those first few pages, it'd be kind of like first of all I'd see the art and go, bah kind of black and white with the blue tones and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what the hell is going on. I'd be like, no, I'll just put it back and pick something else up. Like if I'm in the store physically buying something uh, print, I'm gonna go with what I know. You know what I mean? I'm going with my DCs, my Marvels, my vertigos. Online you know, where it's a bit, bit more of an impulse. It's something like, you know, 99 cents or more. I'll be more inclined to freaking try it out, which I have done with many other different kinds of comics.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would think, you know, in terms of my two cents, I, I, the only way I would buy this comic book is if it was in a quarter uh, bin on the floor. Um, I, I did not really dig this. Um <laughs> Well, oh, I'm, I I'm not trying to be a smartass. I just I would pay a quarter for it, you know. If I could get all the next 12 issues for 250 or 3 bucks, okay, I'll buy that. But I uh, uh yeah, this is something There's I'm There's really something
0: interested. that tells that I think and this is this is how they get you. I think this might turn out to be a good series. And that's probably and that could be just my opinion on it, but that's where they probably get you where you're like, "Okay, I'm going to buy that next one if it's 99 cents or whatever."
2: Yeah, no, and I mean, yeah, like I don't think you're going to pay 350 for this on a, on a comicsology no. app, but I mean, and again, this could turn out to be a fucking amazing comic book that makes a fucking amazing uh, movie. It doesn't mean, you know, we've all been wrong before. It just this is reading that one issue did not entice me to want to pick it up and read more in the end. That's for sure. Right. Okay, so let's go to. I'll make no bones about it. Probably my favorite one of uh, this exercise are gunpoint reviews uh comicsology slash comic book edition uh michael DiGiovanni, tell us about morning glories number one
3: all right morning glories uh this is from image comics and writer nick spencer and he is a name to watch out for because he is the real deal i've talked about this comic as an atomic pick before and i thought when we were going to do a gunpoint reviews i was like this is it i'm going to fucking tell these guys to read this shit uh And I'm very curious to hear what they have to say. What Morning Glories is, at least in this first issue, is we get a glimpse at a new crop of kids that are sent off to a private school. And there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than appears with Morning Glory Academy. So that's probably the easiest non-spoilery way of summing up the, the first issue. So uh I, the reason I recommended it, it is probably the best new comic I've read in the last year or so. If you liked uh, things like Why the Last Man, if you're a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, or if you like the TV show Lost, I think you'd probably get a kick out of this. I, I, I think it's fantastic, and I am look forward to see, hear what the other guys think.
2: Okay. Um, I can't remember what order we've gotten in, but let's hear what you think first, Christian.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting. The, the way it started and... It, 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 like I, you know, again, I, I can I appreciate any freaking comic book that can basically start me off going, okay, I don't know what is happening here, but it gets me interested in trying to find out what is happening, and then basically, it's essentially it's a, a collection of different individuals in a strange place, well, a, or a strangely similar place with, with strangely similar similar characteristics between the characters, and. It, it basically, when you cut to the end, you get that what-the-fuck moment. It's I'm not explaining this very well at all, but it it, it, it had me very interested from beginning to, beginning yeah. to end.
3: <laughs> well, we should be able to talk, we, we should say, and we, which we've said throughout all of this show, th- spoilers are in effect. The, the kids, each of the kids that show up to the first day of school all are born on the same day. It's every single one of their birthday when they show up. Yeah.
0: So, the... The, uh, you know, I'm going to say right out, Down's mentioned at the top. This is one of his favorite. It, it's so funny that a comic book with such a small amount happening in it at the beginning can be so interesting and so cool and hook you. This comic book hooked me off after, like, page two. And nothing's really happened. It's a bunch of teenagers. They're all being recruited. Of course, at the beginning, you do see a little bit of... You know, somebody breaking out and that you can tell that these kids are smart, everything like that. This delivers a lot without saying too much in the first issue. It promises a lot, I think. I think it it looks like it's going to deliver a lot. It definitely got me hooked that I'm like, yeah, this is really fucking good.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, as, as, as I've, I kinda of said off the top, but, and as you said too, Andrew, uh, this was definitely my favorite pick. Um, I think this thing was a kick-ass comic. Um, I think that uh it actually reminded me of almost reading uh, Preacher back in the day, where uh, especially that last page where you're reading, you're reading a story, and you know you're going to about to turn the page on something crazy, like the last couple of pages as as the character is kind of descending this uh, circular stairwell. You know it's about to be something crazy, and it reminded me of when I used to read the Preacher, and you would turn the last page and you'd be like, "Holy fuck!" and that. In terms of a first issue, I thought this was perfectly done. You know, it sets up the story in the beginning. It, it something's crazy is going on here. Then it inter- introduces us to a bunch of characters we start to uh, associate with. Holy shit, there's some crazy circumstances going on, and oh my god, it's nothing you've ever fucking heard of. And that just, you know, in terms of me, just felt like very much like a Vertigo story, and, and specifically like back in the day. So I love. You,
3: you know, the god. thing is with the thing is with me. I love the comic book format of killer last page cliffhanger. I, I, I want that. I love that. And you, you said preacher, for those that ever read Why the Last Man, killer last page fucking cliffhangers, man. This comic book does that every single fucking issue. It's very uh, tele, television episodic storytelling when you, when you start getting into it. Uh, I can tell you fellas uh it 's currently on issue nine, all of them on comicsology uh but it 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 only gets better as the as the layers of this story start to unfold more it's the uh the writer Nick Spencer has cited that lost is sort of a major influence uh of, <laughs> of the t v uh, of of the comic, but he has said that he already has the ending in mind he has this comic is going to be a hundred issues. He has it plotted out already. He will not fall to the trap of saying, oh, yeah, once you get to the end, it feels like they were making it up. He loved the early bit of loss, maybe didn't love the ending, and he's saying he won't fall into that trap.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because basically that was going to be one of my criticisms about the book was essentially there's, a, there's certain elements when this book is like, wh- what is that and why is that happening? You know, And, and obviously there's things that... Obviously, it's only a first issue. I can only extrapolate so much that, like, why is that this happening and that happening and think, blah, yeah, blah, blah.
0: Leaving things that need to be explained that, that's part of the hook. And I think that's part of the point that you want that payoff. Yeah. And you hope that you're going to get that payoff eventually. And I think if this comic book does pay it off in over whatever it is, a hundred issues that DJ saying, then it's going to be worth it because it, it has these big, um, question marks that it puts in your head and that you want to see. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat.
1: But then that's what you hope. That's what you hope, much like you hoped on, say, other said television series that would end so spectacularly and did not. Well, um it, Cough, cough. <laughs> but you hope that maybe this would do the opposite and actually pay off in the end. But that's all you can do is hope.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting, though. I mean, just to, to talk about that for a second, I mean, if you... I think of the fact that we're in a point now where a TV show that we have talked about and enjoyed and and discussed and and argued on during someone's wedding reception up back at their hotel room, um, and that this now is the. Impetus or like the influence of a comic book that we're now talking about and discussing, I think is pretty fucking, uh, phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like that, whether it was good or not, you know, and how, whether it was done, uh, executed or not, this guy's now said, hey, I'm not going to necessarily fall for the faults that they did because, you know, I, because it's after the facts. So that's the beauty of actually coming after the facts. So that's pretty cool. And hopefully it does work. I, I, I definitely liked this comic. I thought it was pretty cool. That's for and, sure.
3: You know, the thing is, Not that to anyone that were that's not read this comic, it is nothing quite like Lost in that sense. Right? I think in terms of maybe the storytelling structure and the narrative style, that's probably what he's taken from Lost. And it's not. I'm sure the other examples would be things like Alias and Chuck and whatever. I think what he's been influenced by is long running episodic mythology. That's he's putting stuff in place now. That you can already tell, he he claims the writer Nick Spencer that there's a lot of hints in that first issue that you'll be able to look back uh, multiple issues from now and go and reread it and go fuck that was there that that it, he he dropped hints to that already in the first issue. He's seeding the book like that. That's sort of like what a lot of these TV shows tried to be. Maybe they didn't weren't successful at it. But that said. Uh, I think this feels like a TV show. When I was reading it, and as you continue to read it, you, it, it feels in places like Buffy. It feels almost like the comic book, if anyone's ever read, Runaways by Brian K. Vaughn and by Marvel, another great series about a group of young kids. The the characters are spot on. Like There's some great characters that he's created for this. There's one kid from Toronto, which I quite enjoyed.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought I, thought I mentioned that. That was a great point, too. Uh, but the,
3: the, each of the characters are unique. They don't sound the same. That's one of my major faults in a lot of comics that characters speak and sound exactly the same. Uh, there's that slutty girl. There's the real crazy yeah. girl who writes in her diary. There's the, uh, rich, the rich snobby kid who's also like a real badass. Like everyone's got a unique personality.
1: Well, if this school suddenly happens to take place on a desert island, I'm not reading it anymore,
2: <laughs> oh my God, okay, so let's go around the uh, poker table here. um Christian Nielsen, would you buy this uh in the future
1: uh i've I've read the first issue I'm intrigued by th- reading the second issue. Uh, but I don't. I'm on the fence on whether or not I want to jump into it or not. It's it's just it's a it's a little bit too strange town for me. But it, I'm not going to say it's not well done. It is well done. I'm just curious about where it's going to go. I'm not exactly sure how comfortable I am with it. So I'm on the fence.
2: Okay. Um,
1: I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared.
2: I'm scared. What are those kids going to do? They're,
1: those people are hurting. So
2: there. strange and different. <laughs> There's wolves after
1: me. I read Strange and different too. All right, get off my back.
0: You just said it's too strange and different.
1: (laughs) You're strange and different. (laughs) You're
2: strange and different. Andrew Bloom.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think I would read some more. I fear that this might be one of those comics that after 35, 36 issues, you kind of go, yeah, and you fade out of it. But I think if this guy can keep it interesting, definitely would be something that I would continue to read.
2: That's a pretty good point actually. I you know, yeah, 30 issues in if this thing, ex- you know, is this still going to be that good. Well, we'll see. We're at I think issue 9, you said, Mike. Yeah, issue 9 right now, and I
3: I will tell you, I if I would challenge you guys to at least read the first 6 issues and tell me uh if you feel that same way.
2: Yeah, I would think, you know, of all the ones we've done, I bought the rest of the Ultimate Thor, as we've discussed. Uh this would be something that would play, be on my list. I don't know if I want to spend like three fifty uh an issue on this, but uh you know, a buck or two per issue I I could definitely see myself throwing some ducats down for that. It's a pretty yeah. cool story. Yeah, and it's I like two, it.
1: Two bucks an issue, so DJ, you send me ten dollars, <laughs> I will read up to <laughs> I got
0: 36. I got the first issue for free.
1: Yeah, 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 that's, that's
2: another good point. Done. This was a, a free, an entire free issue. That's how they get you. Number one. I, I like that though. It's not some preview yeah. thing. This was the well, first Yeah, because I actually
1: downloaded this way back when, when actually, uh, DJ made his Atomic Pick. I said, I'll, I'll check this out because I trust DJ. And, uh, it was free at the time. So, there you but go. But here's a
3: question. DJ just cried. Here's a question. Is there any comic you guys would read for $3? Like, I forget Comixology. Would you go into a store? Would you. Pay three bucks on Comixology? Would you go buy something at chapters? Like, everyone seems like the only way they'd read a comic now is if it was 99 cents. Well, you know, no, the no, no, problem no. is with
0: that, D, as soon as you get exposed to the 99 cents, you sit back and think, eventually, <laughs> issue 13 will be 99 cents. I'll just wait. And that's the problem with it, I think. Like, you, when you get exposed to cheaper prices, you think, if I can get something this good for this for 99 cents, well, why can't I get the rest of it for that price? And I, I it makes you a little bit cheap. Well, I bought many uh, graphic novels for full price, and it doesn't bother me. I read them, and I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the, the pricing structure so much as that we don't necessarily buy single issue comics anymore that happen to have a, a, a high price, whereas if I buy comic books, I tend to buy trade paperbacks, which are a discounted price compared to the original per issue price anyways, yeah. right? So I think that, um Pricing structure and packaging is much more attractive than a single issue. If I'm going to buy a single issue, uh, especially a single issue that I might get could get erased if I lose my account or you know the you know iTunes goes away. iTunes may not mean anything in ten years. You know what I mean, and I won't have this comic book anymore. I definitely don't want to pull pay full price like the comic book box that I have sitting behind me. You know, this I'm, I may not own this in five years, so this is a temporary purchase to me, and it should be priced accordingly.
1: Yeah, and like I I I still. Have bought, like most recently, uh, last month, I bought an actual trade based on the, the Thunderbolt storyline introducing Luke Cage. But I mean, I'm not going to deny the convenience of buying these issues online. And I think sometimes, depending on the caliber of the issues, I don't think they should be worth more than, say, $2 at the okay, most.
3: Okay, that's fair. But I'm, of maybe, here's a better question then. Of all of the series that we talked about, would you seek any of these out in trade paperback format?
2: Oh, I mean, this, this, uh, what's the name of this one you're talking about again? Morning now? Glories. Morning Glories. like 100 is, Bullets. I, I would. I Morning Glories is a pretty goddamn comic book. I would buy that in trade Paperback. And 100 Bullets I would think about for sure.
0: Yeah, I think, I think almost any of them. Obviously, the Thor is only four issues. No, I'll buy that on Comixology. I will probably buy that. Um, <clears throat> the other ones, I would probably pick up and trade paperback.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, I it's one of my things I would like to purchase is basically the trades. Of 100 bullets because I've actually bought, you know, every single lift shoe of it in you know floppies. But I like the idea of trades, just make it a, a nicer read, so to speak. Uh, Morning glories, would I buy it in trade? I mean, I guess I don't know. That's it's scary. A, uh, scary. I don't want to. Have,
2: I don't want to have bad dreams.
1: Do they make
3: 99 cent trades? Is that your next <laughs> question, Christian?
1: Well, no, I didn't say that. I'm just that's there, there's a dream though. There's a dream right there for 99 cent trades, but. Um, no, I mean, again, uh, ninja friggin' astronaut friggin' Dairy Queen salesman. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't, I would probably wouldn't, wouldn't buy in a trade either. I'd I'd probably, I'd, again, I wouldn't read that. I'd probably read that in 99 cents digitally, maybe, but, no, nah, I'm not making sense. I apologize. <laughs> not at all. All right. Well, that's going to do it, I think,
2: for episode 113. Let's move on to our Atomic, pick. atomic, atomic Picks. Atomic
1: Picks. Let's start with you, Christian Nielsen. Uh, my atomic pick, or should I say, atomic pan, this week is another digital comic. Uh, that's known as Morning Glories. Um, no. <laughs> <Jeez> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but it I is I'm not to- paying
2: ninety nine cents for
1: that.
3: Listen, the, the Image Comics don't need your fucking ninety nine cents, there, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're doing fine. Yeah, they already got my two bucks for that ninja friggin' Viking bullshit. Uh um, <laughs> all right. Uh, But I do have a digital comic, Atomic Pan, and that is the first issue of the uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, what what I can assume is a limited series, and thankfully uh, it looks like is a limited series, uh, written by Fred Van Lente and art by Wellington Alves. I'm sure they're pronouncing their names incorrectly, but tough teepees. Again, this is a storyline between uh, the popular Iron Fist martial arts character, and a new Power Man. And I saw New Power Man, I thought, oh, I'll give this sucker a chance and read it, and let me tell you, it stunk to high heaven. Uh, I bought this through Comixology, and uh, it was $2, if not more, and I refused to buy any more future issues, issues because I think it stinks. So there you go. Don't buy it. Stink.
2: Stink. Okay, Andrew Blum. Um, I've
0: got two things I want to say. The first one, I'm going to say that I'm very glad that the soup is on uh, or is back on television. It's been back on for a little while, but I've just been watching it a lot lately. That show is fucking hilarious. I am very glad Joe McHale is back on doing that. DJ probably still hasn't watched it, and we always bug him to do that. It's on Saturday morning. DJ, check it out. The other thing is, I saw Thor. It's been a long time coming, and was it worth the wait? Yes, I believe it was. This movie was really good. Um there was a there was a few things that maybe would make you roll your eyes and a few things that I uh, was kind of like Bleh, that's not really great, but all the shit on Asgard and all the stuff that you see uh, on his home world is fantastic and it makes up for any of the uh, shortcomings that might happen on Earth. Uh definitely worth seeing in the theater. It's big, it's Got some good action and uh, it's enjoyable.
2: Michael DiGiovanni.
3: Well, I have two atomic picks for me. Quickly, I just wanted to mention I said off the top the, about Jonathan Hickman, uh, the writer of Ultimate Thor. If you want to check out something else that he's doing mainstream, check out FF uh, issue. That's the new reboot of Fantastic Four. Go back and grab his Fantastic Four uh, series, which he ended with the aforementioned death of Johnny Storm really really good superhero comics by Mr. Hickman and to follow the lead of Andrew Bloom I also saw Thor and I'm going to tell you fucking fantastic I do not see these failings Andrew's talking about oh. I I would say this is probably one of the best superhero films made it's up there in the top for me top 3 if if not top 5 it's as really? good a, it is as good as the original Iron Man it deserves to be spoken along with the X-Men and Superman films. I'm, uh, uh, that is true, folks. Chris Hemsworth is perfect as Thor. This is casting like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. He is enjoying the hell out of this role. He is pitch perfect as mm-hmm. Thor. Upon the first time you see him, you'll be like, God damn, did they bring this to life. If you ever wanted them to do a Lord of the Rings version of Asgard, believe that. whoa we! you should see the shit that happens on Asgard. It is unbelievable. Uh, the Rainbow
0: Bridge, fucking awesome. As, yeah, and, as we have one of those in Canada, this one is much better. Yeah,
3: it is <laughs> fan fuck. The way it is realized, it is awesome. I, I liked Everything about this, I, Natalie, my only major criticism was, I don't know how necessary Natalie Portman was in the movie, but you got to always have a love interest. She wasn't terrible, but she was serviceable. The stuff on earth is not as strong as the stuff on, uh, in Asgard, but man, it is damn, damn good. Uh, it's crazy for me to say this folks, that Thor has set the bar for the superhero films coming out this summer, I hope Green Lantern and Captain America can be as good or better than Thor. I think it's going to be
1: a little tough. And apparently, what Kenneth Branagh said that he wants to direct the sequel already.
3: Well, I would say it's a career reinvention for him. It is very, it is excellent. My, I, I was blown I, away.
0: Yeah, and I like, I, I agree with the stuff on Asgard. I loved it. I love. Um, Hemsworth as, as Thor, I almost said Ford, uh, the stuff on earth was cheesy for me and I, I had a hard time grasping it and I, I, it could have been just the, uh, yeah, it was just, it wasn't as good. And there were some issues with, I, and I can't get, I don't want to give away spoilers. It's too soon for the rest of them. Maybe the other guys should see it and we could talk about it a little bit but
3: no. see i i don't that i'm going to we're going to have this conversation it's not as strong but they're playing the fish out of water stuff but it works
0: it uh, it works to a degree but i think i think it it fails in some areas i don't think it's as good as it could have been
3: um I, well i'm going to have to disagree with you i think uh. to me it's it reminded me in places of the Superman films. I think it, uh, it, it just, it works. There's a little, there's lightheartedness, but it did not, it never crossed into cheesy land
1: for me. I can't see this movie anymore. You guys are rude for me.
2: I know. And we're talking about breaking every rule talking during Atomic Picks. I <laughs> want to talk about this in the beginning. Um, you know, I all I guess is I really want to see this movie. I may have to go skip out of work tomorrow to go see it because, um, I just cannot, cannot wait to see this movie. And I think, uh, I called it. I, I We should, uh, you know, those of us who commented on the forums about the uh superhero movies of the summer, uh, I said Thor would be the one to top. So uh, I hope I'm right. Two quick atomic picks for me this week. First up, holy motherfuck fringe season finale. Oh, yeah, that was
1: all I got to see. Say- oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's all my DVR. Please don't spoil it. Oh, <laughs> sorry. My <laughs>
2: Lord. You think we're going one way and out of nowhere nowhere we go another way it's all i can say amazing fucking television that show fringe um and then last uh is an atomic pick for our um online product vendor uh as i mentioned i bought the uh beer stein here and i also bought the trucker's hat as i said on last week's episode well i just so happen to be joking around with my wife and i went to go put the trucker's hat on to show how bad it looked on me this weekend, and just by putting it on, the back of the hat broke off, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? So, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to have to email Cafe Press, the people who do this for us, and complain. Um, and so the interesting thing is I didn't like this hat anyways. I find it very too big. It's very high in terms of a ball cap, which uh, it's way too big for my head, unless you maybe come from the Nielsen Norwegian descent. This hat, which is supposed to be one size fit all, is way too big for the average normal-headed person.
1: Danish with a quarter Norwegian background.
2: <laughs> so... Uh, it just so happened, I thought, you know what, I'm going to email these people and tell them how bad this, you know, uh, what happened. So I I emailed them and said, A, I didn't like how it looked, but I was going to, you know, live with that and give it to my huge headed buddy. buddy. Um, but B, this thing fell apart on the second time I fucking put it on. How shitty. And what did they do? They refunded me the 12 70 or $13, whatever it was that the hard cost it is for those of us to have the store. Without any question, they refunded me the money for that, not including shipping, but at least the hard cost right off the bat. And I just thought that's very good, uh, especially, you know, if any of you out there are thinking about buying any of the Atomic Geek swag shit, uh, you know what? They have a pretty good return policy. You know, they just said, you know what? Get rid of that hat. So um, they don't need me to send it back. They just gave me my money back, which I think is a pretty good way to go in terms of an e-store. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about buying anything and you're nervous, don't worry about it. You don't like it. You'll probably get your money back if you have a problem. Um I think that's going to do it for episode 113 of the Atomic Geeks podcast. We have to go through a couple things. Um first up, let me tell you it was a pretty big uh week last week at the Atomic Geek uh various offices as we realized we had not one but two iTunes reviews. Uh first up in uh what was the first of the week was uh Gundam was uh talking about how he likes the podcast and likes to listen to them back to back. Uh, hopefully, you'll get up to speed, though, soon, dude, and you won't be able to do that anymore. And then what might be the smallest review, shortest review ever, was our good uh, buddy, Sad Hydra, who is uh, also on the forum. So thanks uh, to you for that as well, uh, saying that our podcast is an awesome podcast. Um, before we move into uh, my big wrap-up, let's see what we have in store for Episode 114. Christian Nielsen, what's on deck?
1: Next week... On the Atomic Geeks podcast, we will be making pornography.
2: I've already started. Jeez, I don't know if I'll be allowed on that episode. Okay, I think that's going to do it for episode 113 of the Atomic Geeks podcast. I'm Mike Downs, and I'm signing off for all the Atomic Geeks. If you want to interact with us or reach out and touch us in any way, at least digitally, you can go to Facebook. We're on the Facebook. Please go there and like us. We're on Twitter. All of us have various uh, accounts, just like search for Atomic Geeks and probably a couple of us will come up. Um, we're also on, we love the iTunes reviews. We have, I think that was number 38, that uh, was Sad Hydra, so we're killing in Canada. The Americans could certainly step up some uh, iTunes reviews. Um, and, of course, My baby, the Atomic Geeks website. We have the forums. We like to go there. It's not only Chris Locke who comments. You know, other people talk once in a while as well too. So if you're out there, you want to hang out with the Atomic Geeks, do that. Check us out. Mike Down signing off. That is it for episode 113. Good night.
1: Good luck. You've just listened to another episode of The Atomic Geeks. Visit us at TheAtomicGeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom, title track by Don't Look Down.
2: I don't know, I don't have it in me to do with it. <laughs> what? I'm just tired. He just goes, Bye.
1: It's time Guys, you talk break. some shit. I'll be right back in about half an hour. <laughs> well, I'll do a good start. <laughs>
2: <sighs> Let me take a drink. <laughs> look. look. look.
0: look. look.
2: Like hour Like, like, like Popeye, all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> <stands>. <laughs> so far, this intro has so much atmosphere. It's, it's telling a story before it even starts.
2: None of this is fucking keeper.